Well, 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 welcome to the mayhem Dick and Lloyd mayhem Media mayhem Market in a mayhem You might love it, you might hate it Here's my favorite freaking show Hey, hello and welcome to another Dick and Loy Media and Marketing Mayhem show. Dick Wilson and Loy Edge with you and our guest today, legendary marketing guy in town, Pat O'Neill Jr. Comes from a long line of marketing people. We'll talk to him and find out some of the crazy things that uh, went on in the marketing world with St. Patrick's Day Parade and politics and those kind of things. But uh, hang on a minute. Let me get this. Yellow. Hey, Dick. Buzz Martini. Hey, Buzz. Huh? Yeah. yeah uh, calling you from the gym. I'm on uh, one of these uh, elliptical machines. Oh, how's it going? Yeah. Well, what do you mean, how's it going? Terrible. I'm trying to sell this damn podcast. Uh, oh. But hey, listen, I got a great idea I think is going to help us out of this jam. Okay. Uh, yeah. Listen to this one, buddy. Okay. Uh, the Miss America contest. What? Yeah. What? No, it's a great... Listen, what? they dropped the swimsuit competition from television. Oh, I, I heard about that. We're going to run it live on the podcast. Well, wait a minute. I mean, uh, it's a great idea. How do we... It's radio. Everybody can use their imaginations. Well, uh, It'll be the hottest thing yet. <laughs> That'll never work. No, it's going to work. <laughs> of course it's going to work. Why? Well, hey. I mean... Well, we're not going to run the, you know, uh, how I'm going to do peace in the world and all that. Just the swimsuit competition. Oh, okay. I mean, you've already gotten an iPhone of these ladies, right? Uh, so then we do this. Yeah. And and let your imagination run wild. Listen, I've already got a promo cut. Uh, You're going to love this. What? Dick and Boy present the Miss America Audio Swimsuit Competition. Uh. See lovely ladies vie for wine and cigars at the club as Dick tries to come up with the politically correct verbiage to describe cleavage. What? Things will really heat up in the Touch Your Toes event. Free no. posters and markers outside the building to register your opinions. It may be gone from TV, but Dick and Lloyd's podcast, it's free. Oh, no, I don't... Hang on a minute. Hello? Yes, Dick. This is Mike Easter Burns from the law firm of Skirt Chase and Woolhound, the in-house counsel for your podcast. Oh, yes, sir. And uh, I was wondering if I might read a memorandum that I drafted uh, concerning this proposal by Mr. Martini regarding the uh, beauty contest. Oh, Oh, sure. Uh, go ahead. <clears throat> Don't do it. All right, let's head down to the Cigar Club and see who's in the guest chair. All right, Dick, I've got a, a good friend of mine who is a real media and marketing legend in Kansas City. Actually, he is a second generation. Did he bring any mayhem to the market? There is mayhem. Oh, galore. Okay, good. I paid for that. <laughs> Talking about Pat O'Neill. Uh, Pat O'Neill Jr. Do you still go by Junior? No, because Dad died in nineteen ninety nine. That's right. So I, That's I right. To, I got to move on. Okay, good. <laughs> I got right. to move up. <laughs> you know, before we get into talking about yeah. all the media and marketing mayhem that you have brought about yeah. in Kansas City, and that the generation behind you is probably in the process of bringing about, let's mm-hmm. talk about the the guy who started this. Uh, Pat O'Neill Sr., who was a contemporary of my dad's, right. and I know that they, they were well acquainted. Yeah, uh, LL and, and my dad were pillars of the community. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and never did anything outside the box or uh, the outside the bar. I'm, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Christ. They, they worked out, didn't they, in fact, work out together? Well, you and I were talking about this yeah. morning. We're actually yeah. so far removed from our parents now. We're actually working out this morning. But yeah. I thought about that. And actually, my dad worked out, he said, regularly on the parallel bars on, on Baltimore. Uh, Hogarty's, Gigi's, and, and the Mulebach Oh, uh, yes. Bar they there. were masters of the parallel bars. I can remember uh, BJ's. Oh, several of them. I, they worked those for. They worked out hard for fifty they, years. Those I boys think. did. They worked hard. Yes, they did. Not long, but no. but hard. They uh, they were usually done by by eleven thirty in the morning. Now, wasn't that the case with with the the whole advertising and sales world in those days? I mean, yeah. every single Italian restaurant in Kansas City had about 60 men who were on cocktail number two by, uh-huh. oh, by yeah. 12 o'clock. Yeah. And smoking pillars of the community they were at the time. But, you, got, you know, I, I'm jealous of that because think about it. They did, there was no Google. There was no email. There was no Federal Express. So you got something done for a client at 1030 in the morning. You put it in the mail, and you went to the bar. That's and he right. waited maybe four or five days for them to respond. Sure, now, yeah. now you wait four or five seconds, and they make a change in your copy. <laughs> you know, right? And so they had, they had, they could, they could relax. They could let their hair down if they still had any. Oh yeah, they could do anything they wanted to, and it was their world. But, I'll tell but you. Lloyd, th- I was thinking this morning. You know, really, my, the, the, my dad should be in the PR Hall of Fame, and for because I thought of all the weird things I've done over the last thirty years, nobody can top my dad bringing a borrowing an elephant a baby elephant from the zoo painting it pink and walking it into bob becker's new bar on 63rd street wow <laughs> i remember that story it was you know it, priceless that he, was just they, another day for uh, starlight the baby elephant walked into the, uh, the into the bob becker's joint right up between truist and paseo um, everybody at the bar my dad said slap newspapers in front of their face because the TV cameras were coming in behind it so they didn't want to be identified for whatever reason. And then he said they all fed the elephant bottles of beer and then he said he peed so copiously on the floor we had had to move everybody had to move up onto the stool he got in a little trouble about that and i think he did yeah uh, Peter wasn't around though. no there was no <laughs> oh the things you could do <laughs> no i remember seeing all them uh, at, at the o'neill communications offices a lot of the uh the trappings of that uh great career the Notes from Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Signed Super Jew. Signed Super Jew, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had, I mean, he, he had interactions with all these famous people. They did, yeah. Well, and, and tell me a little bit about well, just he, some of the things. Well, he Dad, did. Was, Dad was a publicist for Starlight Theater, among other things, for a long time. He, he did politics and entertainment. He said they were pretty much interchangeable, just mm-hmm. seasonal. Mm-hmm. And, but as part as, as Starlight, he always had a Buick from Charlie Fisher Buick, a lot of t- usually a. A convertible, and they they'd have them for like two or three weeks, and turn them in and get another one because he would pick up the Jerry Lewis's or the the Rifleman or the mm-hmm. you know um, Chuck Connors, Chuck Connors, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but you know all these all these different guys, stars, Gina Lola Brigida, whoever it was that um, Yule Brenner. They were coming you know, to Starlight. They were coming to Starlight, right, so yeah. he would take them to the TV and radio stations okay, for all yep. that sort of thing. And so he had one of the first car phones. I remember it was like 1969 or so, and he had this big box in the in the Riviera, <laughs> and, he, and I think it was cost like twenty two dollars a minute or something back. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i remember him taking jerry lewis for instance one time because he'd bring these guys home because of course they'd go out and they'd do the tv thing and then the, on the on the after the show and then they there was used to be a used to be a 
beer joint of some kind, like at Cleveland and right outside the gates of, of Swope Park. Okay. And they all had all the pictures of the stars on the wall. Well, of course, they'd go there and then somewhere else. And then we'd be watching, you know, Bonanza or something on Sunday evening at home and with my six brothers. And here'd come... <laughs> My dad and a drunk rifleman or something through the front door, like rummaging through the refrigerator. But he took me one time to, I remember he took me to Nightbeat because uh, he was head Jerry Lewis on Nightbeat. And, uh, and that Wal- was the Walt Bodine show. show. Yeah, yeah. And, WHB, right? and I want to yeah. say, at the time, it was in the Power and Light building that, with the studios. Okay, the sure. HB, they were up there. Right? And, and so, of course, I had been watching all the Road to Rio movies and all that with he and uh, uh, Dean Martin, right? And so I was fascinated by the guy. I thought he was the funniest human being on the planet, you know, flubber, son of flubber, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he didn't say a word to me. We, I just got in a, I was in the backseat of the car like a mouse. And we get about halfway there, and he realizes that I'm in the backseat. I'm listening to every word. And I was like leaning up against the seat, and all of a sudden he turns around and goes, ha, ha, ha. And I almost would have jumped out the back window of the car. <laughs> but then but then he took, I think, I remember one year they took, they took uh, I think when Nightbeat was in the Pickwick Hotel, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they took, they took uh, Lewis down there, and he did his stunt in the revolving doors. You know, he used to do oh, that. Oh, okay, uh-huh. yeah. But in Kansas City, he did it for all the TV cameras, and he broke his collarbone. Oh, my. He got caught in the door. But, oh, uh, wow. So anyway, it's hard to top those kinds of Good things, golly. you know? Now, your dad also started a little thing called the St. Patrick's Day Parade here, didn't he? He did, and it was a... a With a, a guy a, named Mike Murphy? Yeah, was, and those two and guys. Hogarty you can, and You can just guess them sitting at Hogarty's Bar, which was darker in the daytime, right? And really putting a lot of effort and thought and planning into the parade, mm-hmm. which basically consists of, this place is deader than a doornail on St. Patrick's Day. We need to, we need to, let's have a parade. Next year we're going to have a parade. World's <laughs> shortest, worst parade. And, of course, they, you know, got hung over and completely forgot about it. And then the day before St. Patrick's Day the next year, I think this is pretty close to true, somebody said, what time's the parade start? And the boys go, What parade? And they said, you know, the parade you're going to have on You were Saint bragging Patrick's about Day. last yeah. year. So my, my dad's driving down to Hogarty's like in the morning. And he paints, my mom's in the car with him. And he paints, he brought a big piece of uh, po- poster board. And he, she paints parade with a paintbrush, like a three-inch paintbrush and a little can of green paint. Paints yeah. parade on one and then point, paints end of parade on the other one and they figure if nobody shows up they're going to hang it on Danny Hogarty who was close to three bills and they'd have a parade you know <laughs> so they of course they you know they they walk down the uh, Continental Hotel which is a you, know, you like to say a block and a fifth mm-hmm. from from Hogarty's and then and then they would then when finally people started showing up they walked them all back down and into Hogarty's bar so Hogarty had business what my, the, my, my friends on the parade committee hate to admit when I or acknowledge when I tell them I go it wasn't on St. Patrick's Day. It was on Friday. Oh. <laughs> because St. Okay. Patrick's Day was on Sunday that year, but that wouldn't do any good for the bar business. There so you go. That's, wow. That's, that's really the, so, that's the legacy of the, of the parade. And who would have thought that how many years later his son would be the, the grand marshal and running the thing for how many years did uh, you well, head I, up that committee? In the, in the tradition of the Irish, if by running it you mean I was there. Yes. Well, yeah. You did a book on the whole Irish community in, in uh, Kansas City. I did, yeah. And yeah. what was the name of that? 
It's called From the Bottom Up. Okay. <laughs> Story and why was the, it called that again? Uh, the double entendre, I think, yeah. because the, you know, the Irish community started in the West Bottoms yeah. and uh, worked their way up both socially and economically right. and, and geographically. So, um, you know, they st- started down, you know, around the old train station and in the boarding houses in the, around the River Market and then in the West Bottoms. And they all were brought in by the what was it the the, the governor or the, the the mayor at that time? It's actually invited I, in from Boston and all yeah. of them to come live in Kansas City. You're and right. Help, it it help was dig actually dig a hole out of the the yeah. river area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you look at these old old streets. Actually, it was a priest. It was a Father Donnelly, Bernard mm-hmm. Donnelly. It was a, an Irish born priest who who uh, was real involved in civic affairs and and uh, they were trying to expand the street and get rid of some of the you know the sludge and the open sewers and all that and mm-hmm. and it couldn't really grow the town because it was just on a ledge on the along the missouri river so they had to dig through those people you still go down and you look at like today when the new convention center hotel is being built right and you can look across the street and you can see a couple pieces of the bluffs left where they're you know by, by oh yeah by, i know what you're talking about yeah. by the auditorium mm-hmm. and that and yeah. and even down by anthony's you know uh, on grand you'll see what's been cut down now three or four more times it's still a little piece of it there you know those 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 streets if if you would when they were originally cut you know you could look up 40 50 60 70 feet wow to the top of the uh, yeah. of what you know what was once the bluff and then eventually it was all torn down and the irish are good at a couple things and we know procreation is one the other is <laughs> is wielding a shovel and yeah. then of course then they got more talent at the wielding the shovel and they gave them a gun and made them policemen well, they cut some stone, didn't they? They did cut some stone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, Well, you yeah. got a lot of great pictures of that in your book. It's a fantastic book. I actually I bought one. Pat. Thank you. Really? Yeah, you signed it. I got you no proof of that. Yeah. He He's going to loan it to me here, too. <laughs> he stole it out of the back of my truck. <laughs> but it it has great photos in it and Thanks. and a lot of wonderful stuff. And, and I actually went down to Kansas City's... Uh, public library where you gave a, a talk on that and i i had a great laugh because of uh, uh crosby kemper's oh uh, god he works me way. over he works you over <laughs> he claims he, went, he had to go get me out of a bar drag me down there to give uh, the presentation he, <laughs> untrue that guy <laughs> untrue but what a dry wit. Uh, he is so funny. He is funny. I'll do it. And, uh, I never, he's like Murphy. Mike Murphy. Okay. He never knew gotcha. what he was going to say next. All yeah. Right. Yeah. And he, he does so much for the city, and he's such a high-profile, uh, great citizen and all that. But, man, is he funny. He is funny. And, and so when he was introducing your book, mm-hmm. of course, he called it Bottoms Up. <laughs> and the entire serious crowd is just sitting there. There's dead silence. And he introduces Pat O'Neill, the author of the story of the Irish in Kansas City, Bottoms Up. And um, nobody, it was, it was a good three seconds. Before they got before it. Before I got it. <laughs> and, and I just, I laughed. I could, it just came out and no one else even picked up on it. He just, he dropped it so deftly yeah. on the crowd. And people are turning around like, what's the matter with this guy? He's done a great job down there just bringing things to life, history to life. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, and people like that. But And then you've had another book. I did. I had one on the uh, um, my grandfather's letters from to his mother in World War One, which was which was fun. I'm working on a book now that I'm really excited about. It's probably the biggest chunk of a book I've ever had to attack, and uh, but it's fun. It's it's uh, it's a guy named Ted Sullivan, T. P. Sullivan, 
who was the manager of the Kansas City Cowboys baseball back in the 1880s. And mm. that's when the, and for one part of one year, Kansas City had its first professional league uh, baseball team. It was really? to, to compete against the National League, and it was uh, called the Union Association. And it it was short lived, but Kansas City had a team called the Cowboys. Cowboys were really sucked they were not very good but they were mostly irish guys way unlike the kansas city and athletics they, but they were great yeah <laughs> but they were great at badgering umpires they were it was chasing umpires out of the stadium they uh, really wow. they, and this guy this guy was such a great character that's when i first got on to him and, and he, he went on to become um the fir- one of the first scouts in in baseball he's the guy that coined the term fan for fanatics he's the one that kind of oh, supposedly right. coined the show and he uh he managed and, and scouted teams all over the country for years took the uh he was a, the tour manager when they when he he was a good a good friend of charlie comiskey he grew up went to college in in uh, saint mary's kansas saint mary's college which was a uh, a jesuit college there they and uh and comiskey was from chicago was sent there by his father to get away from baseball and all that this ted sullivan was from milwaukee born in ireland but he uh he he was uh, captain of the team took charlie comiskey under his wing so they were friends for for life basically so he took comiskey and john muggsy mcgraw their two teams the giants and the white Sox, on a tour of the world played in egypt played in england for the before the king did all that he was just a he's a great character they call damon runyon called him the barnacle of baseball (laughs) (laughs) wow and and so you're doing a book on i've been working on quite a while definitely good material oh we've had more fun though going to small towns digging through the the uh the car Carnegie Libraries for for micro for you know microfilm and and Gosh, old newspapers. I'd never heard of the Cowboys. No, and yeah. they and they were a fun group. They at one point, uh, you know, they had a sign on over the field that said, "Don't shoot the umpire; he's doing the best he can." You know, it was, <laughs> uh, they were they were great, great fun, great fun. The whole I book see is just this being rowdy. a pretty good screenplay too. Apparently. That'd be fun. I'm, I've never done that. I don't write in short form. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back with more on Pat O'Neill in just a few minutes. Man, he's going to talk about politics and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Hey, Dick, let's go down to the employee lounge and get a drink. There's a guy working through a number down there. I I saw it when I went by. It looks interesting. Oh, cool. Hope the drummer isn't blocking the candy bar machine like he was last time. Uh, Oh, Uh, hello. Oh, hey, fellas. It's Bert Porks. Yep, that's me, Bert Porks. <laughs> Bert, looks like you've uh, snuck into the good stuff, huh? Oh, yeah, I've had a few drinks, you might say. I've been working with the orchestra on this stupid new arrangement. I don't get it. Well, 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 sure, you know, you sang the Miss America pageant song for years. This is just the new updated version of what Miss America has become. It's generic. Um, anyway, we're working through this number again for the umpteenth time. The new pageant, or excuse me, contest theme song. All right, boys, hit it. There it is. Something America. There it is. Your ideal. The dream of a million whatevers who are more than pretty Can come true in Atlantic City For it may turn out to be the king or queen of 
femininity or masculinity or neither or both. There it is. Some individual America. There it is. Your ideal. With so many beauties it took the town by storm With its all-American face and form And there it is Walking on air it is Fairest of the fair it is There it is This is work Knock it, okay, cut Let's what? go get a drink, this sucks okay. Uh, Bert, there's Alka-Seltzer uh, in the cabinet. We're so happy to have with us in the Diebel Cigar Club today, Pat O'Neill. So, author, historian, and then, you know, Dick and I are always talking to people about media and marketing. Yeah. And, and so, not only are you uh, a multiple author but you are a political consultant have been mm-hmm. i'm trying to remember some of the stuff and we you and i did a lot of advertising uh-huh. you were a writer a producer yeah press agent jack of all trades you've done that none, yeah. uh, uh-huh. uh, saloon owner yeah we yeah. have that one in common yeah that's a f- uh, cemetery tenant, cemetery caretaker. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do that, but yeah. I, yeah. I, I, wow, those stories are Limo great. Driver, yeah, I did that. Yeah. You have been a a, a campaign manager, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of probably a, bad... a lobbyist. I don't know, activist no. of sorts. You, I remember some campaigns that you uh, worked on. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't mention. <laughs> just talk probably about the on the other side now. Just talk about the winning ones because okay. I know that you sometimes you might you know. I know you're going you're gonna to waltz right into a, a dialect that sounds strangely like um, Charlie Wheeler, aren't you? Is <laughs> <laughs> hey, Charlie here? Hey. Charlie Wheeler's here. <laughs> oh, hi, Dick. How are you? Good I remember you. Pat O'Neill. Yeah. What do you remember yeah. about him? He was really good at what he did. Yeah. Whatever that was. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, so much of the, any one of these things could fill up a whole show. But I got, I got to ask you about the politics. Yeah. Because that was really mayhem. Uh-huh. You worked with some guys, and, and there one guy, two guys that are deceased. So Pat Gray, who yeah. I met through you, I know he was working in that field when you were active. Maybe your dad right. was... You you probably worked on other campaigns opposite your father. I I have no idea. <laughs> no, I didn't do but that. I I saw Pat bop a guy outside of Harry's one day, oh, yeah. right on the Peter street. Go where no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, right. but right. I saw it. Yeah, I thought, man, these guys play hardball. <laughs> they did. Yeah. And uh, were they both running for office? No, but they weren't oh. on the same side on an issue. Let's oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. oh, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, but. Uh, um, who are some of the characters in that field that that you remember? Some of the some of the uh, pol- politicians that you might have uh, oh, worked t- with that you can talk about, or should we change the subject <laughs> immediately? No, you know, you know, it's funny because um, I remember one time um, they did some kind of survey or whatever, and and uh, and somebody labeled me the altar boy of 
can't see politics. And because I, I really didn't engage in a lot of skullduggery. Maybe I was just afraid of getting beat up. I don't know. But, um, but so when that came out, Pat Gray, Doug, was sent, sent home to Tulsa, and his mother sent him a picture of him as an altar boy. So he had that put over his, <laughs> over his desk in his office. <laughs> but there was a, I mean, a, lot of, a lot of craziness, a lot of stress. I kind of stayed out of it, the, 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 you know, the, the boxing part of it. But you know, I'm, I'm proud of some of the, those things. We I did the campaign for the build the National World War One Museum and and a lot of campaigns I can't remember, but um, well, I'll say local. And I did. I, I'm not. I was never a political junkie um, or a um, you know consultant, whatever you call it. But um, this kind of got handed to you. I mean, it kinda, this is yeah, part dad, of the legacy of yeah. Hey, handle this, will you? Dad, dad did. <laughs> you know, my dad did a lot of those. You know, like he ran Joe Teasdale's campaigns and some of Charlie Wheeler's mm-hmm. early campaigns and and all that and he like you said he thought entertainment and politics were pretty much the same thing just dis- different seasons um but we had uh i had some fun doing that and working with and against pat gray and steve glorioso and and a lot of those characters and uh jerry jet back in the day and uh but i always moved on to something else i just you know i just uh, once i get elected i don't i don't yeah you know, I, go. I stay out of city hall or the courthouse and those kinds of things but uh uh, so I still do a little of that, but it goes back to, uh, that's kind of a genetic thing. I think, um, my great grandfather's named John Patrick O'Neill, which is my name and my dad's name, but his grandfather was, was, uh, the alderman from the first ward in Kansas city he took Pendergast place. And he was a died in a wool goat Democrat. The Kansas city journal once called my grandfather worse for the voters of Kansas city than a bout of Asiatic cholera. <laughs> <laughs> And he was known for he didn't beat people up at the polls, but he, he, he was he was had more finesse than that. You know, he was an old he was really ahead of the head of his time. His deal was and he had been the sheriff of Jackson County for a while too, his deal was he'd buy half pints of whiskey by the by the truckload and then round up people in the morning to vote and then their payment was a Oh yeah, a taste. Yeah, oh, a taste. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. sure. So at one point, his 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 rival, one of his political rivals, um, was in control of the police department for a while. So he had the cops go out and and uh, round up all the homeless and the winos um, in the morning and hold them for suspicion of loitering for the day, so they couldn't <laughs> vote. <laughs> wow, that was a different time. It sure was. Yeah. And then, so you know, before we. We get too far away from the topic of your dad. I, everybody needs to be aware that he started not only this St. Patrick's Day parade, and I know that you've kind of done this too, but he sort of put out some, say, overgeneralized sweeping statements that became known as solid hard facts. I, I, can't tr- I, I can trump you on that, I think. Really? so to speak. Um, yeah. Um, no, no, he was, um, I've written, I was talking about my guy that I'm writing a book about. He was, uh, sort of the, um, promoted baseball and they called him an upsquatulator. And I think perhaps my dad was a bit of an upsquatulator, but you know, he, he, uh, he always said on the, on the counts for the parade, he always said, he goes, he goes, Pat, he goes, don't just jump out with a number. He goes, ask him first. If the reporter asks you, How'd Chicago do? Oh, they said they had they had six hundred thousand people today. He goes, that's a coincidence because that's about what we had. I think a few more. <laughs> he said, first liar never has a chance. <laughs> I'm just glad to know that Kansas City has more fountains than 
Oh yeah, Rome and more yeah. boulevards in Paris, or is yeah. it the other way around. I guess it's the other way. Around. Yeah, <laughs> it's just good to know that, and uh, I thank your dad for letting us know. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, you know, it's kind of like when you because um, um, I know he counted them. It's 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 kind kind of like the word of squatulator keeps coming back to me. It's kind of <laughs> like when we were younger, and you would tell young women in in bars that you had uh, you were the guy that did the. Standard Improvement Company. Uh, For better commercial. living now and better values later. Call Standard bum, Improve- bum, 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 bum. Improvement Company. Westport, something, something, something. <laughs> you mean you don't know the number? Oh. <laughs> you know it, don't no, you? No, I don't. Westport. Westport, one. 800 or something? Seven, 100. Seven, one. Well, we'll look it up. One, seven, one hundred. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably the best known. I when I lived in L.A., I'd see I met all kinds of people from Kansas City. They, oh, I haven't been there for years, and and they you know they'd all go, well, I'm from Kansas City. Really? Where? Well, Lee Summit, and I'd be like, well, okay. <laughs> um, and then I would I would sing that. I'd say. For better living, and they always knew the number. <laughs> it's like they hadn't been there for thirty years. <laughs> that's because we have Westport one seven one hundred. Oh yeah, that's because we haven't used the letters in the phone number for 30, oh, 40 there you years. Go. Does your home need a little repair? <laughs> for better living now and better values later. So standard. Boom 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 boom. boom. Oh. Improvement company at Westport one seven one hundred. Yeah. Oh, my. All right. So you got me on that. I, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, your dad and uh, my dad were uh, uh, some of the last of those those characters. What are the men in the gray flannel suit kind of guys? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, although they didn't wear suits very often. But. No, they didn't. Oh, uh, but you know, but I don't know about LL, your dad, but I remember my dad got into that nineteen early nineteen seventies after they started stop chastising the kids for growing their hair long and everything. Then they started doing it. My dad had the long the sideburns, sideburns, and the total. I have a picture of him in Hollywood, and he's sitting at a table because he was uh, about to, for Starlight, and he's talking to Doc Severinsen. And you remember oh, Doc boy. Severinsen wore the yeah. most loudest clothes. Mm-hmm. And I look at the picture of the two of them, I go, I don't know, Dad, those are... <laughs> and I, I put a thought bubble over Severinsen heads and said, man, that's the ugliest outfit I ever saw. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah. it, was, it was polyester stripes and, and paisley. Those wild, and all wild plaids and the, 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 the multicolored shoes. Yeah, and oh, the, yeah. The, oh, the, wow. the faux spats. Uh, high-heeled shoes, mm. yeah. The high yeah. Heel, yeah. yeah. And the comb-overs and the sideburns <laughs> were crazy. Everybody looked like Tom Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Snyder, yeah. You knew America had taken a really wrong turn. When Cronkite had sideburns. So, <laughs> there you go. It's over. <laughs> it's over. We lost Vietnam. Not only that, we lost the whole country. <laughs> yeah, so, but you know what? It's funny because I, I grew up with uh, publicity stunts. You know, I mean, it's, Dad mm-hmm. did a lot of them as a kid, and, and, uh, and he'd drag us into them, you know, to be uh, uh, accessories to the, you know, the crime. We, uh, but I, I remember Dad did, um, and I've always loved him. I still love a good, a good, uh, publicity stunt you know there's just nobody does them anymore so yeah it's, it's, it's almost like an open field but uh i mean dad had a remember drive, having a guy ride a horse through the lobby of the mule bock to promote the rodeo he had some guy one of those remember those, those guys with the suction cups that climb buildings oh yeah <laughs> he sure had, he had one of those guys go up the side of the phillips house one time <laughs> i mean i just just there's just no end to it the pink elephants and the uh, uh, we, we was kids. Like we're, we're sitting on the plaza, looking out at at uh, Ward Parkway, 
or uh, J.C. Nichols Parkway. And when we were kids, he, he had us on a wagon, on a hay wagon, that was riding through the plaza on a Sunday. And he was promoting a guy for Congress who, uh, Hunter Phillips, who lost by a, a landslide. But he, we <laughs> had us with straw hats on and, and white shirts singing, well, hello, Hunter. Well, hello, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so he got over being embarrassed early. Then when I, was, when I was caretaker of a cemetery, and you'll appreciate this, Dick, I was caretaker of this uh, little cemetery in Raytown. We lived on the, on the cemetery. And at the same time, I was driving a limo for uh, a gal picking up, like, the Grateful Dead and stuff like that, for <laughs> anything for a side buck. And uh, one day he said, hey, uh, Pat, can you uh, dig a small hole out there and, and help me with the, with the commercial? <laughs> I go, okay, I guess. So I dig a small <laughs> He goes, okay, now throw the dirt over your shoulder and go, I dig KMBZ. <laughs> Wait a minute. There you go. You did that with me. <laughs> did I? Yeah. You Another had man me on the get shovel. into a grave on one of those haunted hay rides. Oh, that was a different one, yeah. Uh-oh. That was a different one. But These he... things keep going full circle. This is the second <laughs> yeah. one that I think you had me on a hay ride too. I did. Yeah, we had uh, uh, the haunted hay ride, yeah. Did he ever do anything around the Beatles' appearance here in Kansas City? I know there was a little bit of stuff going on, but no, but he I did. Wondered. He he did Elvis. I thought did he? he? Did yeah, he, yeah. Had, he was publicist for Elvis, and I keep I I remember Tom Leathers writing a story about it years later, talking about how he was trying to sneak in the hotel to get an interview with with uh, Elvis. Okay, but Pat O'Neill kept you know skirting him and giving diverting mm-hmm. him and yeah. you know pushing him out of the way. So ultimately, he had uh, Leathers said he got a, a, a repairman shirt and a roll of coil of some wire or something and managed to get up the elevator to fix something <laughs> and he got close to elvis's room but what cracks me up is the room was the was the uh the what do you call it the, the johnson howard johnson hotel <laughs> i go he must elvis must have been on the last leg there elvis was howard johnson howard johnson and yeah. howard johnson that one you remember the set right over the highway the parking garage is still there oh yeah okay right there oh, wow. right there at the foot of broadway mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i would think that they yeah they would have made hay out of that wow elvis stayed here uh-huh yeah well they 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 did he, elvis parked his car here is all you can say now i think but uh yeah, so yeah, we always had those celebrity things and the boat show. And I remember going to uh, the boat and sport and travel show, and Dad had it was t- doing a photo session. <laughs> he had a he had a, a woman in a bikini laying in a giant martini glass. <laughs> stuff he just couldn't get away with. Perfect okay. idea. <laughs> yeah, that would hmm. still work today. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, these outrageous publicity stunts are, you know, I love them too. I mean, we, you and I, we've done a few. I can't yeah, even remember them, but I know they were pretty outlandish. But you know, media's changed so much, and I know you've dealt with this. You, you're, you're coming toward the, the end of this aspect of your career, at least you're winding it down now. But right. uh, I'm sure part of it is, the thrill of pulling off a publicity stunt has kind of waned lately uh-huh. because it used to be that there was so much weight to something that was in the daily paper. Mm. There was so much attention that would be given everybody. All the eyeballs were on four, five, and nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, so when you pulled one of these deals off, it was a monster coup where everybody in the whole town saw it. And yeah. it was, you know, 
It was in the echo chamber. That's right. Well, and there were so many more media outlets. I mean, but you think about within the star alone, there were so many section writers mm-hmm. and so many feature writers. And so, and, you know, Kansas City, if I could, if I pulled off a, a, a great press conference would be one that had four TV stations, the star, the, you know, the, um, the Northland papers, the Wednesday magazine, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the corporate report, all there's so many more di- oh, different yeah. outlets. And, and, uh, I've had a few, you know, I've done a, I've only had, I think one, one press guy, but I've probably, probably done a hundred, 200 press camps. I don't know how many, but I think I only had one where nobody showed up. I had a couple where like uh, my client be in the middle of a speech and somebody that's all the guys started putting, you know, closing up their tripods and getting back in the truck <laughs> yeah. and i go i go where are you going they go look there's like smoke coming out of a building downtown oh, <laughs> it's like see wow. ya uh, <laughs> it's like what, what the classic was we uh we were i was doing the publicity for when you remember when they started the lights on the front of the marriott sure okay and that was such a cool deal but we didn't really get a whole lot of chance to look at it before you know before it was finished and so i had this press conferences right in barney Alice plaza right across the street at night and uh i had media showed up and it was, we we're all getting all ready to go, and they turned it on, and it's like you can't really see it. I should have had the press conference at thirty first in, in the traffic oh, way because it, look, it looks like a giant TV set from a distance. Yeah, but right <laughs> under it, you couldn't hardly see anything. And I turned around, there's no media there. Somebody had stolen a police car that was parked across the street and taken off with it, <laughs> and all the media had taken off with the behind the police car. Oh man! <laughs> but yeah, you just don't do those anymore, and uh, it, it just because it's easier to email people a message. And, yeah, exactly. Wow. So really, when uh, that that whole part of the industry is is really disappeared hasn't it i mean setting up press conferences is, yeah. a, is uh, that's, that's yeah. you know that's what done. i what i find social media i guess is where uh, is, yeah and then events and i know that's where your company you've yeah, taken do. the company we'll to an event company mainly now right right now your daughter kelly mm-hmm. and uh is there another generation following? I don't know. There probably will be. Got lots of neat nieces and nephews and grandkids. We'll see how that happens. But but, but so now it's called O'Neill events. Events. Yeah, events and uh, but you or, or O'Neill still events have a and, wide and marketing. But, yeah, because when we started out, you know, um, when Kelly, my daughter, who now owns and runs a company, and she's like so much smarter and better than I am, not to mention better looking, but she um, she realized, I think early on that the, that the the need was more in orchestrating the events, managing them and producing the events, uh, and that we still do the publicity around those events, mm-hmm. you know, like in some of it, in, um, you know, we did the, and the openings, you know, I used to do openings of restaurant Lydia's and, and the National World War Women Museum, and we do, you know, we, Kelly's taken it to another level, we did the opening of the Kauffman Center, and, did and, the stake, uh, they, uh, we did the World's, Argentine. Yeah, the Fogo, but but we did like, you know, Kelly and our staff, they did the, uh, with the sports commission, did the uh, World Series parade and the the rally. Mm -hmm. And I like to take credit for that because, well, what did you do with that? And I go, (laughs) well, I stood next to the stage and I Well, by the way, how many people were there? uh, uh, 800,000 is (laughs) an understatement. uh, They didn't give me a chance to (laughs) No one was home. That was Chris Hernandez. He goes, you need an Irish guy to do the counts. Come on, Chris. It was a million three if any, if there was a, if there was 10 people there, but my my job was was to get the governor on stage and get him off the stage and then hold the door for the team. That's all I did. <laughs> well, but, Kelly does a great job, and and uh, she, oh, she absolutely does. Yeah. Let's 
What are some of the events she did? Uh, oh, Jingle oh, Jam and yeah, we, she, she produces Irish Fest, Irish uh, Fest. Boulevardia, the Fourth of July, River Fest. Uh, we do we do the publicity for Comic Con. She does the home the home show. She does. Uh, we're pl- she's planning a, a big event for the city coming up uh, called Open Spaces, uh, which is a showcase the arts and the artists in Kansas City, so hmm. whether it's music, art, you know, uh, painting, uh, dance, whatever it might be. The Big Twelve Barbecue Contest we just did, I think, and uh, so yeah, she's good. And I, I did <laughs> I did discover early on that uh, people used to say the the reporter the the reporters and the camera camera guys especially. Hey Pat, you don't really have to come to this. Just send your daughter. I get it, but but also also women. But also women are they they truly are or, or tend to be more pragmatic and more organized. You know, we come up with good ideas. My dad used to call. Remember in in, in your dad's day and my in my dad's day they were idea men. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not necessarily. I, I've used that one for many years myself. <laughs> no, someone else do the work. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, That's what that means. I, I was. You might not remember, but I was working pretty closely with you when Julie came in and started yeah, making yeah. some changes. Yeah, took the checkbook away from me. She and, did. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that was probably the best move. That's she probably ever made. why that thing is thriving <laughs> to this day. But when Kelly took over the company, she kind of tried to get away from you, I think, because she moved it to the crossroads. You got to. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a sexy new office. She knows I have to get up early now, like nine, to get down there. Got out of Nutterville, so I can get out there in time for lunch. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, Kelly. Kelly's done a great job, and she is. Uh, she's kind of the the best in the in the city, I think, at what she does. But, Absolutely. But you know, she grew up around her grandfather and me, and got the BS part of it, and then learned the the rest of it from school, I guess. Well, writer, producer, promoter, creator, press agent, grand marshal. Cemetery caretaker. Cemetery caretaker, <laughs> political consultant, campaign manager. Limo driver. Limo driver. <laughs> and just old school PR guy and promoter, Pat O'Neill, a.k.a. Pat O'Neill Jr. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Just in case anybody's doing research. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, an author of some really fantastic books and one in the in process. Do you know what you're going to call it yet? Uh, it, the working title is uh, um, uh, T.P. Sullivan, the P.T. Barnum of Baseball. All right. Okay. We're going to uh, look out for that one. Like that one. Can't the, whole, wait. the whole truth and mostly the truth <laughs> about the greatest promoter in history of baseball. <laughs> and then we're going to have you on to talk about that. When do you, when do you think that's going to get? Uh, I'd like to have it out for opening day by opening day next next spring. Excellent. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Pat, best of luck to you, buddy. And uh, – Thank you for joining us. We really enjoyed it. There's any one of these iterations of your life could uh, could fill up a day's worth of stories. I'll tell you. But thank you for sharing it with us. I really enjoy. I, I enjoy these kind of real structured, you know, sort of corporate interview types. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, feels feels good. I think the uh, marching cobras are going to come through here in a moment. <laughs> Had them come through Union yeah, Station when we were doing talking oh, about the man. renovation, and you talk about that loud was noisy when that station was empty. Oh man! And I had the media inside yeah. there, and it was water on the floor. Oh, it was loud. Thanks so much, Pat O'Neill, for joining Loy and myself and sharing some of your mayhem in the Diebel Cigar Club on the Plaza. If you've got an event coming up, they can sure handle it for you. Check them out at O'Neill Events and Marketing on Facebook. Hey, before we get out of here, I want to dial up an old friend out in Beverly Hills and uh, see if we can touch bases with him. I haven't 
talk to him in a while and find out. Reginald Trout Breath the third. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be home. Trout Breath residence. Yes, calling for Mr. Trout Breath. He's by the pool. One moment. All right. Sir. Uh, yes, sir. This is Reginald. Reginald, haven't heard from you in a long time. My Lord, what have you been up to? Well, you called me, Dick, but I've been busy, you know, globetrotting, gallivanting, etc. And and what are some of the sights that you've seen? Well, I've been spending a lot of time in uh, London. Oh. Uh, lately, with my friend Chuck. You mean Prince Charles? Yeah, Chuck. You know, he the other day, I noticed that the Queen had said that uh, she would like for him to be king, which would be part of the plan, I would think. Oh, yes, yes. He's not very happy about it. Really? He's got to get a J-O-B now. Oh. Get out of Mom's basement once and for all. I don't know. He's distraught. He he doesn't like this because he doesn't know what to do with Camilla. Well, I, I knew that they were supposedly not going to call her Queen, if they were... Oh, of course happen. not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I suggested that he just put her out in front of the palace in one of those big fuzzy hats, give her a rifle, and let her scare people. All right, all right Reginald. I think that... No, uh, no, I think, uh, Toodaloo. Yeah, I think we better... Uh, yeah. Toodles. Well, we apologize in advance, but yes, we will be back with more Dick and Loy Media and Marketing Mayhem. Watch for it. You might love it. You might hate it. It's my favorite freaking show. 